This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. There is so much stuff on the website, there is no way that in your lifetime you could read it all. Uh, but it's there, it's available, and so that's very exciting. Hello, I'm Jonathan Master. Welcome to Theology on the Go. I am joined, as always, by my friend, co-host, Dr. James Dolzell. James, how are you today? I'm well. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing well. We are interviewing via Zoom today, so a little bit of a different feel, but it's good to still be able to see you uh, through the camera. We are all socially distanced. We are socially distanced, but, but glad to be here, and we are especially privileged today to have as our guest, Caleb Cangelosi. He is the senior minister of Pear Orchard PCA Church just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. His primary labor, of course, is at the church. But in addition to that work, he is the founder of Log College Press, which, well, Caleb can tell us more about it, but what they do is they make available historic Christian texts, mostly from the 19th century, to all of us today. And so, Caleb, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, I have been introduced to Log College Press, I think, within the last two years or so. I can't remember the exact time. And I found it to be immensely helpful. But could you explain a little bit about what you're trying to do and and maybe how it started, how this endeavor started? Sure. Well, so Law College Press uh, is both a, a website uh, with free resources and a publishing company. We seek to uh, collect and to reprint the writings of and about the 18th and 19th century American Presbyterian. So it's a very small niche. Uh, we have a website, lawcollegepress.com, where you can find thousands of, of uh, resources uh, by those American Presbyterians. Uh, I think we're up to over 800 authors uh, with, with so many works that are free for anyone to download. When I started this, it was sort of arose out of a desire, uh, multiple desires. On the one hand, to, to, to do for American Presbyterians what the Post-Reformation Digital Library had done for the Post-Reformation period. Uh, and at the same time, since seminary, I, I graduated from RTS in Jackson in 2003 and I was exposed to uh, Southern Presbyterianism from Dr. Duncan Rankin and uh, American Presbyterianism in general from Dr. Andy Hallfecker. Uh, also had a, a good deal of teaching from Dr. Nick Wilburn, uh, who was at uh, Greenville Seminary. Uh, and so grew to love the American Presbyterians uh, and their writings, uh, recognized pretty early that they were underexposed. Not many people knew about them. Um, and a lot of people didn't have much good to say, particularly about the Southerners, which is understandable in, in light of their positions on slavery and race. Uh, and yet there was a lot of good writings that I uh, appreciated and, and certainly wanted to, uh, to see more folks appreciate both Northern and Southern, all the different Presbyterian traditions in America. Uh, I began a THM through Puritan Reform Seminary and through that uh, work on 19th century American Presbyterianism started to to find and to locate a lot of old documents and and wish that I could uh, have a way to get these out and, and available to the public. Sort of through my ministry career, I also had the opportunity to to work on uh, typesetting 
a volume that Banner published, the shorter writings of Benjamin Morgan Palmer. And so through that work, I, I realized there's a whole lot of stuff out there that has not been reprinted. And, and as I was discovering it and finding it, I really wanted to, to see that, that material get reprinted, but I could tell the book publishers weren't too interested in reprinting it in part because it probably wouldn't sell very many books. Uh, and so along the way in God's providence, we at our church actually started a Squarespace website. And I realized, wait a minute, uh, this website would work perfectly for giving away free books. It's a very image-based web platform and, and you know, title pages that are available in archive and Google books and, and pictures of all these pastors. Uh, and so I said, well, this is great. This would work well for what I want to do kind of in that, you know, post-Reformation digital library type thing. Uh, but then also Squarespace, you can sell things. So like, well, here, here's a platform for, for selling. And so uh, a couple of years ago, just started to dig around and try to figure out how do you publish a book? How do you, uh, you know, reprint a book? And so along the way, figured it out. And, and so uh, we have uh, printed uh, 11 titles for sale, nine booklets, very small booklets, and then two uh, shorter books. We just came out with our most recent book, Presbyterianism by Samuel Miller, which surprisingly is, is one of his books that had, had not ever been reprinted in the, in the 20th century. Um, and so I'm really excited about being able to offer that. Meditations on Preaching by Francis Grimke is, is the other book that we've done. And, and one of the things that's been neat, uh, both about the website and in that book, is to to see the, the diversity of the American Presbyterian tradition, uh, lots of African-American Presbyterians that we don't know about. And so, you know, not only are we unfamiliar uh, even with the bigger names in the 19th century Presbyterian tradition, but, but there's so many smaller names. And so uh, one of the things I love about the website is that it's just all out there for the taking. I, I mean, there's, there's so much stuff on the website. There is no way that, that in your lifetime, you know, you could read it all but it's there, it's available for, for pastors, for students, for researchers. And so that's very exciting. I love both aspects of what we get to do with Log College Press, both the website uh, and the, the book publishing side. Uh, there's a gentleman named Andrew Myers who, at the very beginning, when I was sort of doing this all by myself, someone pointed him out to me, said he would love what you're doing. Uh, he lives uh, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And so I contacted him. And, and so now he sort of is the, the main guy who, who loads all the the free PDFs to the website. And I sort of spend, you know, what little time I have to, to, to work on kind of more publishing the books. Um, and obviously this is a side thing, something I just do on the side when I have time. And so it's slow, but, and it's small, but that's okay. It's a hobby. It's fun. Uh, I love getting to do it. Um, our, our theme, you know, our, our uh, slogan uh, is that the past is not dead. Primary sources are not inaccessible and American Presbyterians are not irrelevant. Uh, that's that's why we're doing what we're doing, because we love church history and, and we think that there's a lot to offer in this American Presbyterian tradition. I'd love to do over the next, you know, however long the Lord gives me to do for the American Presbyterians what Banner of Truth has done for the Puritans over the last 50 to 100 years. So um, that's our that's our goal. That's kind of how it, how it got started. Caleb, some of our listeners won't need to be convinced of the richness of the American Presbyterian tradition. Um, and for some, this is sort of uncharted water for them. Uh, what can they expect to find? I mean, obviously, you're providing a, a, an assortment of pastoral letters, pastoral counsel to pastors, some of it just uh, a lot of it, uh, sermons that were preached to congregations. What are maybe a couple distinctives about that genre and that literature that make it um, relevant and important to Christians today? And how might it be 
may be different than what they're accustomed to? That's a good question. I, I think, you know, being in the 19th century, sometimes the style in which they wrote can feel a bit inaccessible, uh, much like starting to read the Puritans can feel inaccessible at first. But in terms of, of content, while we do have sort of, you know, the, the, we try to have everyone that wrote in the 19th century, you know, kind of the, the Orthodox and the heretics, but by, by far the, the majority of what's on our, uh, on our website is the rich doctrinal truth uh, men who loved the Westminster standards um, and who wrote out of that commitment, they don't agree on everything, obviously. I mean, we've got the, the associate reform tradition. We have the, uh, the Southern, the Northern. Um, I guess there, there's not as much of the Dutch reform tradition really at all, but, but that, that mainline American Presbyterian tradition that in the 19th century, for the most part, was sound and was solid, uh, was old school. Uh, and so what you're going to find as you dip in is men who love to preach the word. Lots of volumes of, of printed sermons uh, were published in the 19th century. Uh, men who are committed to pastoral ministry uh, and love to, to write. One of the books I've been reading lately, my own, uh, is uh, Sketches by a Pastor uh, by Ichabod Spencer, along the lines of that Benjamin Morgan Palmer book that I helped to, to publish with, with Banner. But he just talks about different pastoral situations that he was involved with. Uh, and so you see men who, who love the church in particular. That's one of the things that I would say uh, is that these men love the church and they loved corporate worship. They loved uh, the, the sacraments. And, and of course, again, they didn't see eye to eye on all these things, but they, they really uh, wanted to see the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in all of its fullness, the beauty of Christ, the, uh, the, the beauty of the gospel uh, come into the lives of God's people. And so uh, they were writing sometimes for the academy, for you know, uh, a technical audience, but, but more often than not, they were writing for uh, men and women, boys and girls in the pews. And so uh, I guess in a sense, you get exactly uh, what you get today uh, from our Presbyterian authors. You just get it in a, a bit perhaps more difficult style to, to read if, if you're not familiar at all with the, the 19th century. But it's it's rich. I mean, a lot of a lot of deep theological treatises, uh, as well as things written for children. A lot of history, uh, like people writing about church history. Um, we've got some missionary biographies and, and missionaries writing about their work on the mission field. Um, so yeah, it's 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 varied, uh, and, and and it's a joy to just sort of browse and see all the the things that you can find there. And in the age of quarantine. Everyone should have plenty of time uh, to be visiting your website and finding these documents. That's right. That's right. Caleb, one of the books or booklets, I suppose, that has just moved me and I've given it away or recommended it to a number of people is a 43-year pastorate in a country church. And, and I think it underscores many of the themes that you just described, uh, a love for the church and a kind of more sweeping historical perspective than we sometimes have in terms of the ups and downs that were faced during that period of, of, of church history. So that, that's just underlining all you've said. But I wonder uh, for yourself, what are some of the, the unexpected gems that you've come across? You were familiar with this period already. It was something that you had studied. But 
I'm sure with the number of things that have been posted on the website and that have been published, you've come across some things that you hadn't seen before or weren't as familiar with. What are some of the ones that have really been been used by the Lord in your own life? Well, that's a that's a great question. And it is hard to answer because uh, Andrew Myers, it feels, is putting new things up every single day. And so I'm sort of seeing this constant stream of, of new uh, new things. You know, I think some of the things that have been unexpected to me, as I was mentioning earlier, is some of the the African-American resources that are on the site, the writings of men who I had never heard of um, and didn't, you know, had not realized that they had published and that their their writings are out there. They're available, you know, through archive and Google Books. And, and so that's been uh, very encouraging um, to read those things. You know, one of my favorites is William Plummer, uh, William Swan Plummer. And, and so, um, there's, there's so many uh, devotional writings by him. Another is Stuart Robinson, uh, some of his writings on the church, as well as his book, Discourses of Redemption, uh, which is sort of a, a biblical theology before Voss. And it's uh, something that I, I love to, to just meditate on and, and work through slowly. Um, you know, the, the, the booklets that I've published are, are ones that, that I feel are, are worthwhile, you know, for a broader audience coupled with uh, no one else has ever, has ever reprinted them, right? I mean, I'm not going to reprint something that's already available. And so, so some of those uh, booklets, you know, I do appreciate, for instance, the, uh, the Archibald Alexander, the aging and grace, uh, the letters to, to those in the autumn of life, as we, as we titled it. Every time I read that again, it is so encouraging um, you know, just thinking about both pastoral ministry to uh, our seniors uh, and those who are approaching that age, but but thinking about those reading it who are in that that stage of life. And so, these authors desired to reach individuals, and and so it is, um, you know, that that booklet stands out uh, in particular. There's so much to choose from. I, I imagine it's hard to. To zero in on on just one or two. What about where where would you suggest someone starting if they're coming to this and it's it's new territory for them, or maybe they even have a negative impression of particularly the 19th century Presbyterians? Where uh, would you suggest for them to begin to kind of get the flavor or taste of all of this? That's a great question. That's that that actually highlights one of the things because you know we're kind of doing this on the side. One of the things I've wished that we had time to do is to you know, kind of um, uh, ha- have a, a, a curated list uh, of good, you know, here's where to start, something, a project kind of down the road that, that I can think about. But I think if someone is is brand new, you know, I think it would be important to kind of start with the bigger names, you know, the Hodges, the Thornwells, uh, to start with the Warfields. Uh, we, we go, if you were born in the 19th century, you make the list. Uh, and so, you know, there there are a lot of that, that kind of spans a long way, but for, in terms of men who ministered during the 19th century, the biggest names, Dabney Palmer, Gerardo, Thornwell in the South, and then Hodge, Warfield, even, you know, men like Gardner Spring, who had such a, uh, a broad writing ministry. Uh, and so it, I, I would, I would encourage folks to, to just to dip into some of those bigger names, but then, you know, there are books that, that do a good job of, of unpacking biographically uh, some of the, 
the men of this period. And so Henry White uh, does a, a, a look at some of the Southern Presbyterian leaders. You've got, you know, secondary sources today would be seeking a better country would take you into some of the history of that period. What is uh, David Wells' book that he's edited, uh, Introduction to Reform Theology or in America, Reform Theology in America, gives you an overview of that period. And so those are secondary sources that aren't you know, on the website, but uh, might give someone just an introduction to the, the period. There's a one page, this isn't exactly getting at your question, Jonathan, but there's one page on our site uh, called Compilations. And it's, it's a place where we put everything that had sort of multi-authors. Uh, and so if you want to kind of get a quick introduction to lots of different people all at once, that's a great page to go to because every book, you know, sort of festrifts of today uh, and those those books are are usually surprisingly good and 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 surprisingly relevant. You know, there was one book that that uh, James Alexander uh, and I didn't mention Archibald Alexander, but of course I should have mentioned him earlier as an, uh, one of the you know the earliest uh, and most influential American Presbyterian. Samuel Miller's page is incredibly long and full. Archibald Alexander's son uh, J. W. Alexander uh, helped to write a book uh, to the working man just about work and about labor and how about how good and, and trying to apply specifically to uh, different working conditions and how do we serve the Lord and remain faithful uh, in those, in those calls. So that's a great question. And that's something I want to work on uh, even more as we have time. Well, there is so much more to explore, but Caleb, thank you for your labors. Thanks to Andrew as well for his labors. This is, as I said, for me personally, been immensely helpful. And I, I know for others, as well. So thank you for what you're doing and, and the Lord continue to bless you in this work. You're welcome. And thank you for this opportunity to, to share about it. I hope that uh, a lot of your readers will go and, and check out the website and just explore. It's it's like browsing in a library. It's so much fun. It is logcollegepress.com is where you need to go. So Caleb, thanks for your time today. Thank you. You're welcome. So James, I was really excited, as you know, about um, talking to Caleb today, just because I want to spread the word about Log College Press. I found it to be helpful, and it really is just an amazing resource. So anything I can do to highlight the work that they're doing, you know, is something I want to participate in. I wonder if for uh, 19th century Presbyterians, the publication of these treatises and sermons was sort of their equivalent to our modern day podcast or sermonaudio.com where there's a kind of archiving of, of, of a vast amount of output, except the one advantage is there, there's probably uh, a lot more um, editorial care uh, to say nothing of Nayara and Mark who do a wonderful job with our podcast, uh, a, lot, a lot of editorial care and, and intentionality uh, in the production of those sermons and treatises. And we do live in an age where there's there's such a, a glut of resources available. We shouldn't be sitting around saying, I've got nothing to read, where we have the world at our fingertips and even a, a rich vein of gold like this tradition offers us. Well, listen, thank you, uh, James, <laughs> for your time today. And thanks to all of you for listening to Theology on the Go. If you know anyone who might benefit from this podcast, please feel free to pass it along. If you are in a position to donate to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, you can do that on placefortruth.org or alliancenet.org. Both of those have a menu button for donating. For our gift today, our gift today to you is all the free resources on Log College Press. So 
You don't even need to enter. You can just go to logcollegepress.com and you will get more out of that than we could possibly give to you. Thanks for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.